if you react with an emotion, you're going to say the wrong thing. You're going to end up apologizing to your child and your child, if they're older, may not forget what you said. Welcome to Transforming the Toddler Years, a core four parenting podcast blending soul and science-based strategies to empower pandemic moms like you raising kindergarten-ready kids. I'm Cara Terrell, your host, a lifetime lover of littles, girl mom, early childhood educator, and conscious parenting coach who truly believes that how we connect and collaborate with our kids in the first five years is how we raise world-ready kids who will change this world. Today's guest is T.H. Irwin from the X-Experts, as in Divorce Etc. podcast. She's here to talk about her unbelievable story. She and her best friend got divorced at exactly the same time. And although they had completely different experiences, they were lucky enough to have each other through it all. Today, TH is here to share some real, true, vulnerable truth bombs about being a divorced mom and then a co-parent. And specifically, during our holidays mini-series, she is sharing five tips that you will want to use as a co-parent during the holiday season. I am so grateful to TH for being here today. Jessica was unable to join in the recording, but please make sure that you click through and learn about both of them, their unique experiences, and how they can support you on your journey as a calm, connected co-parent. TH, I am so grateful that you have made time to come on to the Transforming the Toddler Years podcast and talk to us about co-parenting during the holidays. This episode is going to be so important for so many people. Thank you so much, Kara, for having me here. My other half, Jessica, couldn't be here today, but we are the co-founders of X Experts and the Divorce Etc. podcast. We've lived it, so we get it. That is divorce and growing kids and co-parenting and all of the things. So first of all, let me just apologize to my amazing audience and all my listeners. My voice sounds different today. I am recovering from a ridiculous bout of laryngitis. I did not want to put this episode off because it's that important. So thank you for dealing with me sounding a little bit differently. Um, and with that said, yes, tell us your story because it is so shocking that you can live through the type of divorce that you went through and be here saying, I've got this. And not only do I have it, I have it in such a way that I can help you feel good about your life after divorce too. Yeah. You really can't make it up what Jessica and I have gone through. So Jessica and I have been friends since she was 18 and I was 20. She was dating my best friend from high school. So I met her while she was in college. And when she graduated, um, we became best couples friends with her and Darren and me and my soon to be husband at the time. 
he's now considered a special ex. So um, we grew up together in our 20s in New York City and working and, you know, building lives together and everything looks so pretty. And we got engaged a month apart, married a month apart. Our boys are a week apart. And then within one week of one another, 13 years into our marriages, we found out that our husbands were carrying on extramarital affairs, not just cheating, covering for one another, traveling with their girlfriends like they didn't have families sitting at home. Okay. Jessica had a four and a two-year-old. I had three kids under eight. And my special ex, actually, his fiance called me to mm. um, be sure that he wasn't married anymore because she, of course, was engaged to him. Of course. Right. So I'll let you all take a breath there. But when she did call me, picture this carpool line, picking up your four-year-old with a babysitter sitting in the front seat, because then you had to go and pick up your six and eight-year-old at the other school afterwards. So I get this phone call and I told her that she saved my life that day. Wow. Oh, she did. She saved my life. Jessica had a different reaction. She had been with Darren for most of her life, for half of her life. She was 36. I was 38 when we decided there was no way we were staying married to these men. Um, so she went through a different emotional process than I did. But we both decided we are done with our marriages. And I have to say that at least the last four years of my marriage, so from the time my son, my youngest, was born until he was four, I had so much guilt about being miserable in my marriage. What does that mean? What kind of a mom am I? I'm going to be like looked at as the worst mom in the world because I was already getting so many negative messages from my special ex um, <laughs> that I was paralyzed. I was like, okay, well, if I wake up and the kids go to school and then they come home from school and then everybody's safe, then that's a good day. Wow. That is so not a good day, everybody. That is no. just not acceptable. No, because that's not your whole identity. What right. an incredible story. So you have spent a lot of years navigating the holidays as a co-parent. Yes, I cannot even imagine. I think about it and I feel overwhelmed by all the complicatedness because the holidays in and of themselves are just kind of chaos right out of the gate. And yep. now you're doing it with two sets of schedules, who gets who and when, how many Christmases are they getting? And so I really, really want to dive in and let you share your wisdom with people so that they can take some stress away and feel like they are doing the best for themselves as an individual and their children based on how they want to play things this holiday season. I would honestly start, though, with what you just said. Do the best that you can do. My first holiday didn't feel the same way as the fifth year into my holidays as a single mom. It was easier then. It was different. Sometimes it was harder, but I did the best I could. And, and even before I made the very 
obvious decision to end, you know, my marriage was over. I just felt like the weight of the world on me and nothing that I wanted really mattered. I was completely irrelevant. Mm. And I also felt that I was a terrible mom. My son struggled with serious tantrums, which in the end led to severe anxiety and depression. And that's just how he's wired. But it was all on me. I was like, holy crap, I am really a bad mom. So the first thing is I did the best that I could doing during those four years. Is it the way that I would have liked it to be? Probably not. But I don't use the word should in my vocabulary anymore. It was the way it was. I've accepted it. And what can I learn from it? So please, number one, give yourself grace. Do the best you can do. If it's your first holiday, let yourself cry. Let yourself scream. I actually took up boxing for the last year officially of my marriage through my entire four years of trying to divorce a man who's engaged to another woman. So whatever it is, as long as you're not taking drugs and doing anything destructive, find something healthy and put it there. So you have to take care of yourself first or your holidays are going to be a disaster if you don't take care of yourself. So that would be my number one tip. TH, you are talking directly to me and I am a happily married woman. What I am is a first time holiday experiencer as an empty nester. And I'm hearing your words and I'm like, right. I'm allowed to feel different. I'm allowed to feel sad. I'm allowed to want to do that tradition, except they're not here to do it. Yep. And it's not the same but it's not necessarily bad. Yes. It doesn't have to be a negative. Now you've got so much stuff, Cara, that you can do. You don't have to clean up. You don't have big headaches all the time. You don't have to manage a hundred schedules. And trust me, when they come home, they're going to be in full force. Laundry, schedules, mom, 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 mom. And all of a sudden you're going to be like, when are you leaving again? Like, when when do you go back to school? I don't really remember. I love you. But so you're going to you go through different transitions at all times. But yes, give yourself grace through life, through life, no matter what you're doing. Don't be so hard on yourself. Okay, just do the best that you can do. Get the resources you need. Educate and support. That's what X experts is all about. I'm not going to say, Kara, this is what you need to do on your holiday X, Y and Z. But like I did just say, Kara, how are you feeling? Like, what would you like to see this as? Do you still want to have, you know, a big dinner on Christmas Eve? Or do you want to go to a show? Or do you want to, you know, explore something new? Trying to like discover what Kara wants for a change is not a bad thing. No, no. And it sounds to me like that is the mindset that people who are moving through divorce have to have. Yeah. Okay. It's time to put on that new lens and know that when I have the kids, I am me plus mom. And when I don't have the kids, I get to explore me. Right. Yep. And it's a different relationship with your kids too. So we celebrate Hanukkah 
And my special ex's fiance and now wife celebrated Christmas and we separated in May. And I remember picking up my kids from his house and I saw a Christmas tree and I thought I was going to have a complete heart attack. We raised our kids Jewish. Who is this person coming in, putting up a Christmas tree, like creating this whole story in my head, right? He could have put it up to placate her for all I know. I don't really know. And it, truthfully, it doesn't really even matter. But I was so pissed that I went to my lawyer to make sure it was in my divorce agreement that my kids are raised Jewish. It's important to me. He's a Jewish man. I'm a Jewish man. That tradition's important to me. Does it mean that they can't celebrate Christmas? No, but I was freaking out that it was instead of celebrating Jewish holidays, not in addition to. So you get very scared and very reactive mm. to a lot of things because you're vulnerable. We call them your second first time. You're going to have a lot of second first times. You're going to have a second first date. You're going to have a second first uh, you know, new tradition with your kids. You're going to have a lot of second first times. And so your first holiday co-parenting, the number top thing anyway, that you need to do is have a plan. Mm -hmm. And we were separated, so we weren't divorced, but you do put a plan into place. And if you have kids, you need to do that right away when you separate. So it's very clear who has the kids this day. If Christmas Eve is important to you or Christmas Day, Think through the holidays throughout the year that are most important to you, like obviously Mother's Day, but I also like the first and last night of Hanukkah. I also like the first night of Rosh Hashanah. I don't, I'm not as occupied with some other holidays and then he might have some that matter to him. But what's most important is every year we alternate. So this year I don't have my kids Thanksgiving. I have them over Christmas break. So what are our plans? This is the time to start new traditions, new ways of celebrating with your kids. Maybe it's not a huge dinner. You're probably on a budget now. You may not be able to host a huge dinner. And if you still want to assign everybody a dish to bring, you have tell them how much you be the hostess with the mostest, but you don't have to break your bank doing it. There are a lot of things to consider but having a plan so that your expectations are managed. I pick up the kids at this time, I drop them off at this time. So important to help you manage your expectations and also help you set your boundaries when you're co-parenting as it's separated, newly single parent. So one thing that I absolutely love that you said, kind of said, is that assumptions will become your reactive go-to. So we have to gatekeep the assumptions, right? And ask ourselves that question, is this real or am I making it real? Do I need more information? Yeah. I absolutely adore that because as human beings, when we're in an emotional struggle, that is not the way that our brain works. We've got to hijack that reaction yep. with some type of on-purpose thought. Do you have some type of mantra or like go-to phrase that you go back to when you're like, I think I might be spiraling? You know, I have done a lot of work over the years because I was married 
legitimately to a narcissistic sociopath. It takes someone special to lead a double life for four years and then propose to someone when you're married with kids somewhere else, special, special ex. So I don't remember when it actually happened, but I had, I needed a lot of recovery time because there was significant emotional abuse in my marriage. And I was trained to believe all the negative. So it wasn't that I had a mantra first. First, I had to figure out, is that fact or fiction? He's telling me it's my fault that our son has tantrums. Is that really true? Like, did I really do something wrong to make him go ballistic? And you have to take a hard look at yourself because there are some things that you need to take responsibility for. But then there are many things that are not on you. So is it fact or is it fiction? So I don't have a per se mantra, but I will tell you that um, the other day I woke up like really angry, honestly, about what's going on in the world right now. Yeah. And I just could not like clear my head. I was up all night. Exercise is my go-to. I went to go exercise. It was still consuming me. So I wrote it all down. I literally vomited all over without vomiting words all over a journal. You can do a voice memo so you don't have to write it. You can type it, get it off of your head. Mm. So whatever is stressing you out, oh my God, he's got a Christmas tree. Now they're Catholic, like all these things. And then when you go back and read it, you're like, maybe not true, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you want to buy all the stuff that's on sale right now and you leave it in the shopping cart for 24 hours and you go back and you're like, do I really need another baking dish? You know, it just gives you a little perspective. So again, it's not a mantra, but these are ways that I have learned to cope with stress and things that don't make sense to me. And now when I feel like I'm not processing properly or getting super emotional, I have to take a minute, I step away, I go for a walk or I sit outside or I go lay in bed or I binge watch 30 minutes of arrested development, like something totally brainless to reset yourself. I do know a lot of great people who put up mantras that resonate with them on post-its on their mirror. It's their screensaver on their phone. It's on the fridge. And that's another way to train your brain to think in a positive way and and believe it, take it in and take ownership of it as opposed to being like, yeah, yeah, I heard that before, you know, like really own it. Exactly. Well, I love that. Is it fact or is it fiction? You have no other choice except to then go into a cognitive thinking pattern where you are picking things apart and looking for details. And that is a wonderful way to do it. Are your holidays feeling more like a holidays? Yeah, I get you. And I have a solution for you. Join me in our 12 Days of Christmas Toddler Tip Survival Challenge, where we are going to day by day intentionally put more magic 
inside the holiday madness. Can't wait to see you there. Use the link in the show notes or just go to caraterrell.com backslash magic. And we are going to transform your toddler's holidays too. Something else that I really wanted to tag into that you said about making a plan is that you recommend including your children in the conversation around the plan making. And for my mama heart and my collaborative parenting methodology, that just feels so good. Yeah. When, when you're going through a separation and you're in two separate households and everything is new and scary and the unknown, your kids have zero input. Nobody's listening to what they want to say. You're consumed by your lawyers, your finances, and he's this and she's that and all of the things. And so what I did was I created new traditions with my kids. We moved into a new home. We had a huge room that I had no furniture for. So we had dance parties. We would have a dance party once a week. We each got to pick a song. Now, remember, I'm with an eight, six and four year old. So think back to like Hannah Montana. And um, I don't know what was on Disney. There was maybe some Barney mixed in there. (laughs) But whatever, everybody got to pick a song and we would just dance. Mm. So that was something really great that I actually got from Grey's Anatomy, because I don't know if you remember, but Gray and Christina always used to dance. But my kids, like as far as the holidays, baking with your kids is really great or saying to them, listen, and and go to your kids also with a plan, right? Like I know that I want to go to my brother's house for the holiday. And then I'm open on these days. So you present it to your kids with some structure. Guys, Thursday, we're going to Uncle Greg's house. But Saturday, we have free. Like, what do you want to do? Do do we want to learn to ice skate maybe? Do we want to go on a hike? Should we take the dog to the dog park? It doesn't have to cost you money. And to be honest, the things that don't cost you money are the most memorable we made horrible sushi one time. And my kids all remember that we were all sick afterwards. And I think we actually drove and picked up a pizza because we were so hungry. Those are the things they remember. It had nothing to do with how much money was spent on making sushi or any of that. So incorporating your kids, keeping it meaningful. I think it, especially since COVID, we really with the horror going on and and so many people sick, the true gift for me was my kids were home. Yes. We cooked and baked and we walked miles in a day and we laughed and we played games and puzzles. And God, what a gift that was. My kids came home from college and we were together and there were no other options. So Get your kids involved. You'll know what their favorite thing is and try to incorporate it in the holidays or in planning or make a ritual on your weekends now. Every Saturday night is moving night with your kids when they're with you. They each bring their favorite candy or popcorn. So they have a say. They play a role. You can pick out of a hat for what movie you're going to watch. So it's fair, right? You're not playing favorites. It's limitless, the amount of ways that you can play with your kids. 
just please, please, please be present. Hmm. Off your phone and be present with your kids because you're not going to want to miss these memories. You're not going to want to miss those times. Absolutely not. Oh, something I feel like I have to ask. Ask? Is how you navigate the two different parents' styles around holiday, spending habits, extravagance versus minimalism, and more importantly, the conversations that you have with your kids around it, because they don't say things like, well, daddy took us to Disney to hurt you, right? They say it because they're excited. It's real. It happened or it's happening. So how do you manage all that? A lot of training and a lot of therapy, number one and two, literally practice saying it in the mirror to your kids. How was your weekend at dad's? What did you guys do? That's awesome. I love to hear that you're having a great weekend. Literally, you have to practice it because I was choking on it for a really long time. I I didn't want them to be happy there. I wanted them only to be happy with me. I'm the mom, you know, like I didn't want him to forget about even the money. Just like, I don't want you to have a better time with dad. But the truth is, it's all about your kids. It has nothing to do with you. You really want your kids to be unhappy every other weekend and every Wednesday night. Don't you want them happy all the time? So as long as they're safe, let them be happy and celebrate their happiness. Again, it takes practice and it takes some time. You're totally going to screw it up initially. You're going to be like, wow, he should have done this. And you might be finding yourself going to text him and say, you know, Jason fell and you should have done blah, blah, blah. Again, the word should. Don't advise your ex on anything. Take a step back. Are your kids home and happy and healthy? Great. Put the rest in your journal or in a voice memo. Do not put it on your kids. So for the, for many years after our separation, we didn't communicate, me and my ex, and there were no co-parenting apps. It was still through our lawyers. So fortunately, our divorce took four years. So I had four years of paying my lawyer to communicate on my behalf to my ex very difficult and extremely costly. So now you guys have co-parenting apps. You really have no excuse for not communicating with your ex, but set up boundaries. Um, I had to set up boundaries that texting was off limits. Um, I would be berated all night, all weekend of how everything is my fault. And it's hard to look away from a text. It's easier if you say, I will respond to emails only when I've had a chance to review it. Practice that too. Set up your boundaries. When you're with your kids, you want to be with your kids. When you're not with your kids, you might want to be with friends. You might want to be doing something else. If it is not an emergency, do not call me. But that also means that you don't harass your kids when they're with their other parent. What are you guys doing? Did you eat lunch yet? Oh my God, it's already three o'clock. You haven't eaten lunch? Wait, you're not in bed yet? It's 11 o'clock at night. Wait, why? Do not micromanage what you cannot control. Mm. Can't control it. Have to let it go. Again, it will take practice. You will mess up, but keep heading in the right direction and not the wrong direction. So co-parenting now is so much easier because you have these apps. They literally measure the tone of your voice, 
You know, they track you so they know if you're dropping your kid off on time or not, because ultimately it's submissible to the court. So as long as everything is going in there, it could be a great tool for your boundaries, help you set up your expenses and also stay on track and be able to communicate in a healthy but protected manner if that's where you are. Just don't involve your kids. Just don't involve your kids in your conversations. Never say, um, Jason, tell your dad. Allie, ask your dad. Or if my daughter Samantha came to me and say, mom, can I whatever? I don't know. Ask your dad. He's paying for it. Those are absolutely not allowed. Do not do it. You're not making your ex look bad. You're making yourself look bad. Wow. So in co-parenting, think before you speak, take a breath before you speak and make sure you heard your kids properly. I'm going to tell you one more shocking story. Okay. Because there are so many. Um, but my son went to his dad's on his night. But when his dad came to pick him up, I said, Jason's really sick. I, I don't know if he should go. And he, of course, was like, it's my night. I'm taking him. I'm like, okay. He lives a mile from me. My son threw up all over the car on the way back to his dad's house. His dad went ballistic. <sighs> he was like five. So... My son comes back the next day and that night he tells me with his hand on his heart. Now he's like five. I want to call her being my ex's fiance, mom. I love her. She took me out of the car when I was sick. I love her. So this is bedtime. Hmm. And I had to breathe. I had to think. And then I looked at him being a little sarcastic, but he was too young to notice it. <laughs> I said, we can pick so many great names for her. Mom is for me. Mm. You're part of my body. You are, you're a part of me. You only have one mom and I'm it. So let's think of another great name for her but I own mom. And we did. And that was it. But these are the kinds of things that are going to come your way. So really working with a great therapist, having support, literally practicing in the mirror, this stuff is going to happen. And you're going to be like, oh my God, what am I going to say to that? We figure it out. But if you react with an emotion, you're going to say the wrong thing. You're going to end up apologizing to your child. And your child, if they're older, may not forget what you said. Wow. That is a lot. An unbelievable story. And I mean, honestly, from the eyes of your son, he was sick. He was, he was sick and she and cared yeah. for. Yep. And to him, that's what he needed in that moment. And you had the presence of mind to say, I can't take that away from him right now because he doesn't understand the words that he's using cut to the core. I mean, how, how beautiful. Oh, thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. But there, it's not easy being a parent, as you all well know. And co-parenting with somebody who you couldn't be married to adds another layer. And then when he brings somebody else into your life, or if it's a she bringing a new person into your family's dynamic, you're tested 
even more so than you were just being a happily married parent. A single parent, you put a lot more pressure on yourself. You feel a lot more guilt. Everything is is electrified and you have to bring it back down and um, take care of you first. You can also tell your kids, you know what? I don't have the answer for what we're, you know, the right word for her right now. Let's talk about it tomorrow. And I'm so glad that you're feeling better. And then you don't have to come up with something. You don't have to answer questions right away. If your kids come to you and say stuff or God, I dad did this or mom did this and complaining and whatever. I mean, I'm sure you talk about that stuff all the time, meeting your meeting your kids where they are, not where you want them to be. And that is all super important when you're on your own co-parenting. Meeting them where they are and allowing them to be who they are, not who we think they should be. Right. And the beautiful part, and this kind of circles us back, is that you started by talking about that from your maternal perspective, making sure that you're always staying true to who you are and who you want to be, especially now that there are second first chances to do that for yourself after a divorce. All right. So I'm going to have the five tips that you have sprinkled in here in the show notes. Um, But let me run through them one more time, kind of in rapid fire for people to take with them as they marinate on all the goodness that you shared. So the first one was it's never too soon to make a plan. Let your kids be part of the planning and let their voice be heard. Keep in mind that not everything requires you to spend money. That, And please don't compare yourself to your ex and make it a competition in what is being spent. Just stay true to you. Creating new traditions is really important as you redefine yourself and your new future with your kids. If you're alone during the holidays, make sure you make a plan for yourself. That's super important. No matter what that might be, right? It doesn't have to be out in the world. It can be inside of your home if you need it to be, but have the plan. And this one, I really love. If you're making a meal, make it a team effort. People want to help. They say, what can I bring? Let them. Absolutely. And don't be afraid to ask. Like, Kara, you're coming over for Thanksgiving. What are you bringing? I mean, I'm not afraid to ask. You know, you're coming over. So what, like, I love sweet potato pie. Will you bring us a sweet potato pie? And of course, you're going to say, sure, I'll bring you sweet potato pie. I want to say one other thing about being not having your kids over the holidays. You need a plan um, for yourself that's more than just scheduling. I don't want you sitting in your house the entire day. You must have one thing on your calendar every day that gets you out of the house, whether it's a walk, sitting outside and having your coffee or going to a park or whatever it is, you must get out of your house for at least an hour every single day. Otherwise, it could be all consuming for you. Also find out who's around over the holidays so you have somebody to call and reach out to. And we are actually working with the hashtag not alone challenge and they're offering free mental um, wellness and health resources, especially during the holiday. It's in cooperation with iHeartRadio and the singer Jewel and her foundation. So if you need help, 
please ask for it. There are so many resources online. There are meetups you can go to and make new friends. You can be alone, but but not be alone. Go walk the mall, but be around other people. Otherwise, it could be all consuming. You could still clean your closet and you could still binge watch whatever, Bridgerton, but don't let the whole holiday turn out that way. That's just not healthy for you. And then that brings it all the way back to the beginning of how you really need to give yourself grace, but also do right by yourself. Oh, thank you so much, TH, for everything. You truly are alongside your partner, Jessica, an ex-expert. Tell everyone if they are super intrigued and want to know more about how they can talk to you, how they can find you. Great. Well, the first place where everything lives is on our website at exexperts.com. Um, you can find our Divorce Etc. podcast there as well. We are wrapping up season three right now. And we send out newsletters every single week where we give you a personal note from, we alternate every week from each of us. So you'll feel connected, you'll feel validated, you will always be educated and you'll always be heard. You can DM us, email us, hello at xexperts. We are the ones who answer those emails and those inquiries, not a bot, not an assistant, it is us. And then we do do private sessions. So if you need more support, it's not just during divorce. The real work happens when your divorce is over and you're on your own. And now you got to pick up your big girl and your big boy pants and get out in the world and figure out the money and get a job and be a good parent and take care of yourself. I mean, the list is long, but Jessica and I are so on the good side of life here. And that's because we put in the work. We gave ourselves grace and we learned. So that's the purpose of X experts. Thank you so, so much. I am wishing you and your family a wonderful holiday season. Same to you, all of you amazing listeners. Please make sure that you rate and review this episode so that TH and I can get a sense of how impactful it was for you and what else you are looking to learn. Until next time. Stay mindful and proactive as we transform the toddler years. Thank you.